It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? It's your Friday episode of Locked On Raptors. Sean here. I've got the mood lighting set recording on a Thursday evening. And on today's show, we are talking about silly season. It's trade season, baby, Uh, with just like six days to go before most of the league can be traded once again. And with the Indiana Pacers falling into some sort of pit of despair, I'm joined by Tony East of Locked On Pacers to talk all about how the Raptors can pick the Pacers for parts, plus a quick update on the Raptors' COVID situation, which I'm recording this Thursday night. It could have totally changed by the time the morning comes around, but either way, that's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it, so I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's 
going on? Welcome to episode number 1076 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, December the 10th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And, of course, you can find the podcast free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, all that stuff. Please follow or subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, all those things that those apps ask you to do to support the show as you like. It's much appreciated when you take the time to do so. Plus, you can subscribe to the show on YouTube as always. And a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day. All right, on today's show, we got a lot to get to. The Raptors have a potential COVID situation. They missed practice on Thursday, of course. And it's a little unclear as to what the status will be, and it could change at any point here. I'm recording this on Thursday night, just a little bit after the news that Masai Ujiri tested positive for COVID, released a statement talking about how uh, it's believed it was contracted at the uh, Giants of Africa. There's no real way of knowing this, of course. Everyone was vaccinated. It was fully vaxxed, you know, proof of vax to get in. It's hard to say. It's a weird virus. It, it, It transmits. That's how viruses work. You don't need to go about figuring out exactly the location. The point is Masai Ujiri... Tested positive for COVID. Hope Masai is okay and, and doing well. Best wishes to him, of course. And, of course, best wishes to everyone on the Raptors and their orbit that they uh, avoided as well. They're yet to be at the time that we're talking at 8.54 on Thursday night. Uh, there's yet to be a positive case reported within the Raptors team. So, fingers crossed there. Of course, we know the whole team is vaccinated. As was reported earlier this week, I think 60% of the league has boosters done as well. So, there's protection. But as it turns out, this pandemic ain't going nowhere, and the Raptors are very much living in it right now. So that's the latest we got on that. Uh, We will get uh, to our interview with Tony East as well, talking Raptors, Pacers, and potential trade partnerships that could go down there as well. That's going to come up in the second and third segments. But first, I want to dig into sort of the concept of the Raptors and Pacers as trade partners and the sort of weird sort of in-between level of player that those two guys are. Before we get to that, though, I just want to tell you about our friends over at Truebill who are bringing you today's show. They are the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you no longer want or need. You can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Truebill, more on them in just a second. But let's get into the Raptors, Pacers thing. I, I don't have much else to add on the COVID thing. We'll see what happens. Again, I'm kind of recording blind here on a Thursday night, and we'll see what happens over the course of the next 24 hours. Hopefully the Raptors are playing a game on Friday against the New York Knicks, and everything is all hunky-dory. In the meantime, though, we'll talk some trades, and the Pacers, of course, this week are in a bit of a state of meltdown. There were reports earlier this week from The Athletic that they are looking at potentially trading one or all of Karis LeVert, Miles Turner, Demonis Sabonis, And uh, I have some trade ideas and sort of thoughts on what the Pacers might want uh, to sort of elicit from Tony East of Lock the Pacers in a sec. But I just want to kind of take a second here to sort of dig into why I'm so lukewarm, really, on this Turner and Sabonis thing with the Raptors. Obviously, anytime a center comes up with the Raptors these days, they're going to be a target uh, and an an, an apple of the Raptors fandom eye because they are tall and the Raptors notably lack talls. So Demonis Sabonis, you know, of course, a former all-star, a guy you can run your offense through as a sort of hub, you know, not so much of an amazing defender, a passable defender, probably. And then you've got Miles Turner, who less of an offensive force, you know, mostly threes and kind of around the rim, you know, pick and roll stuff. And then he's got the defensive side of the ball where he leads the league in shots essentially every single year, block shots essentially every single year. That's a good thing to have on your team, especially for a Raptors team that has been lacking that sort of stalwart back end defensive player 
uh, since Marcus All and Serge Ibaka left, frankly. And, and you could see why the fit is pretty interesting. You know, I, I think both guys fit with the Raptors. I don't think there's any question about that. Turner, I think, is sort of like at the first conclusion, oh, this guy is the fit. Oh, like he's the, the three-point shooting guy who's going to clear out the lane for Siakam and, and Barnes and all of that. He's going to block shots and kind of be that backstop and be the sort of last line of the Raptors' very aggressive defense. He can be the guy who is there cleaning up all the messes that all the other overhelping and extra rotation sometimes can create when things go wrong in the Raptors' defense. He's there to clean it up, and that is a very good uh, like caretaker to have cleaning up those messes considering his plot shot blocking propensity. But then you get into the sort of a contract you know, factor with him. He's only got a year and a half left on his deal. Are you going to like extend Miles Turner and be paying Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes eventually? Uh, and like, it's not, it's not like Scotty Barnes is cheap right now. He makes like seven million bucks as the fourth overall pick. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Gary Trent Jr. There are going to be guys you got to pay. Are you going to make another one of those guys, Miles Turner, and risk being like a tax team going forward with a team that is built around Turner, Siakam, Barnes, Trent, and Van Vliet and OG? Maybe you do that. And I think really the sort of key thing here with either of these guys, if you're going to trade for either Sabonis or Turner, the key thing here is Scotty Barnes in kind of a weird roundabout way. Because I don't think either Sabonis or Turner are the level of player you're bringing in to do the Kawhi thing where he's instantly your best player and then all of a sudden everything revolves around that guy. I don't think Sabonis is that good. He might be the best player on the Raptors if you were traded for right now. I would probably still take Siakam, but you know, you could quibble either way. I think that'd be a pretty fun fit, by the way, too, as a 4-5. Lots of big-to-big passing, which is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. But he's not like Carl Anthony Towns. He's not Joel Embiid. He's not one of these sort of central centers who is going to be your entire life, and you can center the entire team around him. And I think the Pacers have kind of proven that. You can't build a contender with Demonis Sabonis as your best player, sort of being the fulcrum of your offense at all times. And so with that in mind, if the Raptors are going to pull off a deal for either Sabonis or Turner, and by the way, I think Sabonis is actually the better fit in theory just because of what he brings on the offensive end. And I think as a center, uh, you know, defensively, he'd be totally fine with the guys they have around him. But that's besides the point. When it comes to just the sort of theory of why you would make this trade, it comes back to Scotty Barnes again. And I think the reason is that if the Raptors think Scotty Barnes can be that number one within two or three years, can be that central figure within the team that everything else falls in place around, then I think you can maybe sell yourself on, okay, Sabonis is the missing piece. We don't have that number one just yet, but we're pretty sure we're going to have this guy in two years. That might be what the Raptors think here. And if they do pursue a deal with Sabonis, I would suspect that's sort of their thinking here is, oh, we don't actually have to make the trade for the superstar guy who's going to be our heliocentric player because we think we already have that guy in, in place right now. That's a lot to put on a 20-year-old guy. And as much as Scotty Barnes is amazing, and we love Scotty Barnes, it's a lot to expect him to be your best player within two or three years to maximize a Sabonis, OG, Siakam, Van Vliet window. That is a lot of burden to put on Barnes. And, and again, I don't think the Raptors as good as Barnes has been, as surprising and ahead of schedule he seems to be, they don't seem like the franchise is going to heap something on a guy like that so soon. And I think, well, ultimately, the reason I'm kind of lukewarm on the whole idea, and this also applies for Turner even more so, like Turner is not changing your life in terms of, you know, championship equity or anything like that in a way that Sabonis might be able to. You know, the reason why I think the Raptors probably end up just kind of avoiding this one altogether is this is not the swing to make. This is not the, all right, now we're going to throw in all the picks and all the young guys and go get our guy. 
because I don't think either Sabonis or Turner is that guy. If you're getting them on like a cheap sort of buy low co- uh, sort of situation, great. I don't think that the Pacers at this point are going to be looking to sell low on these guys. It doesn't make any sense for them. They're trying to re-kickstart their franchise, get things back rolling, and sort of recenter around whatever it is, Chris Duarte or Malcolm Brogdon or you know whoever they end up bringing back in return for, for Sabonis in a hypothetical trade. And I just don't think that you want to be making that swing where it's going to take multiple first round picks in all likelihood. It's going to take, you know, probably a precious Achua or a Malachi Flynn at the very least thrown into like a Goran Dragic contract, which is a trade I'll be suggesting to Tony in just a second here on the other side. Um, But yeah, that's just sort of my read on the situation is it's not a big enough swing. This is again, not Carl Anthony Towns. If we're talking about Carl Anthony Towns in the exact same context, 100% you're throwing your best offer to get that guy because that guy changes your championship equity. I don't think Sabonis quite does that. And so I think I probably steer away from that move from the Raptors and just wait for the next center to come along. I've made this point before, but the Raptors are not in the position right now where they need to have their sort of final piece of the puzzle center of the future in place. They might draft him someday, maybe this coming draft or something like that. They could trade for him another time. I don't think they're at the position now where... There, there, there is, there, there's, there's not a reason to like force filling in that spot in sort of the end picture of the Raptors because they're still far away from what that end picture is going to be. And if you think about what they did when they won the championship, their final piece of the puzzle center wasn't acquired until like 20 games left in the regular season of the season they went on to win the title. That's just how it works. And I, and I don't think they're currently in a position where, yes, the center's position is like a weak spot and everyone's upset about it all the time. And, you know, oh my God, they're too small, blah, 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 blah. But they're not in a spot where it's like essential that they get that senator in order to achieve their goals. They're just fine doing what they're doing this season, and they seem to be pretty okay with the roster construction they have. And so, again, I'm lukewarm on the idea, but that is uh, not a very good way to tease up into the fake trade conversation. So we are going to have some hard-hitting fake trades to throw at Tony East. Maybe a wonderful deal can be struck, and the Raptors in fake trade land can land Demonis Sabonis from GM Tony East, who, by the way, Hates doing fake trades, and I love asking him how to do talk about fake trades. Just so fun. I love it. Anyway, uh, we'll wrap it up there uh, and get to the conversation with Tony East in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Truebill, who are wonderful, and they are making it so you're no longer paying for those free trials and subscriptions you sign up for once and forget about. They, and they're impossible to cancel. Like, it's so hard to remember. They, they don't send you reminders. You're not, like, signing up for some e-card site, and they're not reminding you 30 days later that your free trial is up. They're just going to charge you and say, ha, 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 you missed the chance to cancel. We'll catch you next month, but we're not going to send you the reminder then either. So just don't trust it and go to Truebill instead because they are the app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there to help you when you need them. Uh, they're there to help you when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Again, I am a person who signs up for things all the time and forgets about them. And then I'm losing money as a result. Don't be me. Be one of the 2 million users for Truebill has worldwide right now. And they have saved over $100 million combined for those 2 million plus users. Be one of them today. Don't fall for subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. That is Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And now, let's get to it. My chat with Tony East from Locked On Pacers as I try to pick the Indiana Pacers for spare parts or very good centers. Uh, you, you know, potato, potato, I suppose. But that's coming up in just a second. All right, joining me now on Locked On Raptors, smiling for the camera like the professional that he is. He is the host of Locked On Pacers. He is a man who really hates fake trades. And so, naturally, I reached out to Tony when news of the Indiana Pacers' demise started to creep out this week and said, hey, Tony, want to come on to talk about some fake trades? And he graciously said yes through gritted teeth. Tony, how's it going, pal? Excellent. Excellent. I've had a fun week talking about everything except for basketball on my basketball <laughs> podcast, which has been extremely <laughs> exciting and fun. Uh, but I, am, I, I myself am doing well. I always love talking to Sean Woodley, so I'm going to have a great time. Look at us. We've got our like festive lighting. I don't know how the mirroring works here. They've got the festive <laughs> lighting all behind us. It's gorgeous. Uh, the mood is set. The mood is right for me to try to pick the Indiana Pacers for parts. Uh, so let's dive in here, shall we, Tony? The Indiana Pacers this week, there was a report in The Athletic about how they're ready to trade everybody, maybe. Uh, you know, who's to say how real it all is? It's always, you know... This guy will get traded, and then all of a sudden, the guys don't get traded. Feelings change. Teams goes teams go on winning streaks, and things, uh, you know, kind of settle down. Uh, but let me ask you before we dive into like some specific fits with the Raptors, as I kind of went over in the first segment regarding Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner in particular. Uh, like, what is your level of belief that the Pacers will actually do this and trade one, both, all of their guys? Uh, and kind of actually tear down to the studs and do the rebuild the Pacers have never really done. Yeah, it's, uh, what what I always think is it's somewhere in between what the players are saying and what the report says, right? And sure. the report says they're going to rebuild, and the players say, we love Indiana. We're going to try to make it work. My, somewhere <laughs> in between that is the actual truth. And so given the history of the Pacers, like you kind of just mentioned, given where the team is at, they have a good rookie right now on the team. They just hired an expensive winning head coach. I think all the signs and... And contracts and everything we know about the Pacers points to the more apt word for what's coming up for them being retooling and not mm. rebuilding. And I think you kind of assume that. The coward's people. way out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Some could say that, yes. Um, but but it makes more sense for them given where their team is, right? Like they've yeah. had the same problems for years and years in a row and a new coach breaking could not fix that. So they, will, they have Chris Duarte. They know he's awesome. They can't trade Brogdon this year. And... The Miles Turner report from Jared Weiss in The Athletic today suggests he wants a bigger or different role. And that doesn't mean not with the Pacers. He could want a bigger role with the Pacers. He has said that much himself. He even tweeted just now before I hopped on with you, Sean. People, please read the article and interpret it correctly, basically, right? So <laughs> that doesn't mean he will be the guy on the move. But one of the bigs probably is. Maybe that's part of retooling. So I don't think the Pacers are going to strip it all down to the studs 
and, and start from the Chris Duarte and move up, I think they're going to try to build around a couple big good vets and Duarte and retool on the fly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, Chris Duarte, oldest guy on the team. I'd be just kind of getting resetted <laughs> around him. Unbelievable. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the Sabonis Turner thing has like always made sense as a thing to break up at some point, you know, as well as it's worked at times. It feels like, why don't you rebalance the roster a little bit and change things up? But I guess that's been difficult because they've also been guard heavy and wing heavy. They just feel like they have 26 players on the Pacers roster every time I think about the Pacers. Like, oh, they got that guy too, and that guy. Oh, and that guy's there too. But the front court, that's always been kind of a weird sticky fit. Like, Turner is a five, I think, in the modern NBA. He's kind of a perfect five in a lot of ways, and there's a reason a lot of Raptors fans are lusting over him right now. Sabonis, also, I think, very clearly a five defensively in particular. Like He's not going to roam around on the perimeter and chase around smaller guys. It just doesn't work. And he kind of profiles as someone who maybe, you know, kind of like a Nikola Vucevic, for, for example, like stick him behind some good defenders, not to compare all the Eastern European centers to one another, but like stick him behind a, a good center, uh, uh, sorry, a good collection of wing defenders. And maybe you can get by with a sort of, you know, get passable effort from his his defensive side of the ball uh, as your sort of anchor on defense while also being a hub for your offense, which we know he's very good at. So, yeah, that, that has made sense to, like, split it up in the past. Like, is that, like, is there a world in which they don't do it, I guess? Like, is there a world in which they just say, okay, yeah, Turner and Sabonis, you know what? We've flirted with trading these guys for five years now. We're actually going to just ride it out and see what happens here. Like, that feels like a pretty unlikely scenario here, no? If you had asked me when I woke up this morning, before Jared Weiss's piece came out, I would have said, actually, maybe, because... This is actually by far the best year with those two on the court at the same time in terms of right. numbers. Like a plus eight net rating this year, something like very impressive. Um, in seasons past, that has not been the case. It's usually been plus with just Turner, no Sabonis, plus with just Sabonis, no Turner, minus when they share the court. And I have reason to believe because of all of time that that would eventually have leveled out to be that way this year. But because it hadn't so far, you, there's a way where if the Pacers, like you mentioned earlier, go on a little run to end December, they go, oh, it's working great. And they stick with it. But the other factor is beyond what's happened this week, mm-hmm. Miles Turner has the rest of this season and next season on his contract. That's it. If they don't deal him by this deadline, regardless, they would have hit the point where all the con- the trade discussions go to, oh, he's an expiring deal, right? We have to be careful. Yeah. He's a rental. So his value sure. drops tremendously after February. So I kind of thought coming into this season that this would be the last season of the pairing anyway because of that, whether it's another team takes Turner or another team takes a bonus and the Pacers decide to build around Turner. So now that this report from Jared Weiss is out about Turner, realizing what he can be, what he wants to be, and how he wants to do it, yeah, I think it's almost a certainty one of those two players, and those will be dealt this year. Not both, but one of them for sure, I think. Who do you think they should keep? Man, that's tough to say because it kind of depends on what they want to do with their retooling, if that makes any sense. Sure. Uh, sure. Like some of some of the questions they have to ask in a lot of the deals they want to make is, okay, Duarte's the guy. Like he was in the report of, we want to build around this guy. We think he's awesome. And he is awesome. He just led them in scoring and a big win over the Knicks. Shot eight for 11, had six assists. It's like, this dude's played tw- how many games in the NBA? 24? Like it's, it's crazy how good he already is. As right? many so- games as he is years old. Uh- <laughs> Are you trying to make me mad, Sean? Um, so, so I, it's hard to say. I think Sabonis is better for sure. I think Turner mm-hmm. fits on every team, which makes him pretty valuable. So it's hard to say. It might be 
based on what they can get in return. It might be based on what they think would fit better around Duarte. I don't, I don't really know. Like I, I would say Turner just based on the fact that basically for every season I've covered this team, Turner has been in trade rumors at some point, including them getting very close to trading him for Gordon Hayward, whereas Sabonis Mm. has never really been in trade rumors, but that doesn't mean things can't change or, you know, a new coach can't insert his opinion into the equation. But I would say if you made me choose, I would say it's more likely Miles Turner is the one that is dealt. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, like, I think Sabonis is the better player. You can kind of run more offense through him and have him be your central hub. And he's shown that he can be an all-star doing that, even if he's not like a championship anchoring type player. So let's get into... Well, they some, can't win a championship. Why yeah. are they even playing the games? What a stupid right? idea. What is the point of basketball without only playing into June? Uh, you know, this nine-month odyssey we go on every year is a waste of time. We've all been burning our money and eyeballs and uh, cable bills for no reason. Um, yeah, the, the championship bust is stupid. Uh, let's not ever revisit that. Um, but... I do want to get into some trade ideas and sort of throw some your way, Tony. We will get to that in just one second here, and I will do the thing that you hate the most, and I can't wait to torment you with those fake trades I've come up with. We'll get to that. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built.com. The Built Bar people are making the best-tasting protein bars in the whole wide world, and it's the holiday season, so you get the most best, best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Right here, I have a pair of clementines. These are delicious and healthy. Also delicious and healthy are Built Bars, and you should definitely look to uh, indulge in Built Bars throughout the holiday season, because guess what? You can't do everything with clementines that you can do with Built Bars. For example, you can't dip your Built Bar into a piping, or you can't dip your clementine into a piping hot cup of cocoa, but you can dip a Built Bar, and it makes it a soft, melty, delicious treat that you can feel good about. Also, you know, clementines, they come in one flavor. You Just one flavor for these bad boys. Instead, with Built Bar, you get tons of flavors and lots of flavors that pop up from time to time, especially during the holidays. Yes, this is an accidental ad read. I didn't realize I had clementines here, but I'm working it in, baby. I'm leading into the skid. Either way, Built Bar are the best tasting protein bars money can buy. And again, they have limited time flavors that pop up all the time. Rumor has it there's a caramel macchiato one floating around out there. You got to hop on that. Plus, if you like marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you got to get your hands on some Built Bar puffs. They're light, they're fluffy, and they're marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste so good, you won't believe they're filled with protein. That's one thing Clementines don't have. I don't know if you eat the peel. I don't think there's protein in the peel, but either way, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's not protein in any part of the Clementine, and Built Bar has that for you. You should definitely go check them out over at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. In case all you ever eat is Clementines, there's something else for you. All right. Uh, also, today's show is brought to you by our pals over at betonline.ag, who have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march towards the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. To head to the new website, uh, it's either desktop or mobile website, and you can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON, all one word, to get that bonus. You put in 100 bucks, you get 150 bucks, boom, in your account. What a wonderful deal. Go to uh, from basketball, football, and boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online is where the game starts all right tony i'm done talking about small oranges let's dig in here to some trade ideas for you um look i'm having trouble because the retooling of it all 
makes it difficult to come up with trades with the Pacers because you think like, oh, if they're rebuilding, toss in some young guys, toss in some picks, and then boom, that's like a package that a rebuilding team would want. But if they're looking at Chris Duarte and Malcolm Brogdon and, you know, whatever else they've got there, TJ Warren, if he ever comes back as the future with one of Turner or Sabonis in there as well, you would think they're going to want guys who can help right away. And so that makes things difficult. But I, I do have one to throw your way. Just that's sort of like the salary ballast plus young dudes in picks persuasion. And we'll see what you think there. Yeah, I think and I talked about this off the top of the show. I think Demonis Sabonis is the better fit with the Raptors. It's kind of a weird take and maybe that's wrong, but I kind of think having him as like an offensive hub with like the really smart passing that you get from Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet. It would be just like a lineup of really good offensive players all coming together as one. And I feel like you could get a pretty good half court offense out of that. Whereas Miles Turner, well, yes, he does the, the spacing thing that you want. Maybe it offers a little bit less in terms of greasing the wheels of your offense. But that's besides the point. Go back to the first segment to re-listen to my takes on that uh, if you'd like. Tony, Demonis Sabonis, let's start with him, shall we? Uh, he makes 18 and a half million bucks. He's got two years beyond this year as well, and he's quite good. Uh, the deal I have concocted that features salary ballast plus picks in young players is something along the lines of Goran Dragic probably flipped to a third team via the Pacers, along with Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn, uh, and like name your number of picks that are, you know, sort of varying degrees of protected two first round picks, maybe a third first round pick. That's a little bit more heavily protected down the line. Uh, you throw in, I, I think like a Tory Craig works as a balancing, uh, thing for the money. And that is what you come together with. Is that anything the Pacers would have any interest in? Like the Goran Dragic plus young stuff in picks as the return for someone like Sabonis. Congratulations. You did an okay job. I was worried where this was. All headed. right. All so, right. <laughs> every time I talk about Sabonis trades, I go back in time a little bit. Uh, last sure. year, the Chicago Bulls and Orlando Magic made a nice trade featuring another yeah. Eastern European center, uh, Nikola Vucevic, who went from Orlando to Chicago for Otto Porter, just there for salary. Let's ignore that. And two first-round picks and Wendell Carter Jr. And I right. would say that last year, Vuce was a little better than Sabonis. And this year, he has been a little worse. But in general, he's about as good, Right. And he's older. So I have thought that those two have a basically the same trade value. So when mm -hmm. I think of Sabonis trades, that's my starting point. And you were right there. You had your young guys. You had your multiple picks. And you had your salaries. So I don't – I like Malachi Flynn quite a bit. Precious is uh, a player who exists. I don't really know how to feel about him yet. He has some things he does that I think are awesome and a lot of other stuff he does that seems like if I had to watch him night in and out, it'd be very frustrating. So <laughs> perhaps, perhaps those two and two – top six protected firsts or something would be fine. I think that's pretty mm -hmm. close in terms of the value. Yeah, Dragic makes no sense with the Pacers short or long term. So uh, finally, Dallas can have him, sure, here. Take him. <laughs> but It's completing the Rick Carlisle trade. He's the player yeah, to be named yeah. later. Uh. So I think that, that value is okay. Obviously, I don't know what the Pacers necessarily want. Like, would they be like, we want Fred Van Vliet or something along those lines. But the Raptors, the right. whole point of getting someone like Sabonis is like, we want good player with our good players already have. So yeah, I think that value is good. But the, the whole question of the Pacers' willingness to do something like that is, if, do they want young guys in picks or do they want someone someone good in return? And that, that's where the rubber would meet the road or something like that. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think I'm higher on Achua than I am on Flynn. So I, I guess our opinions there are kind of Ooh. inversed. But um, I mean, Achua is uh, already a very good defensive player. He's been one of the best defenders on the Raptors this season. Offensively, yeah. Is he liable to go one of 10 sometimes? Yes, but he usually will make it up with his good defensive play. And, and you know, they were missing him in that Thunder game on Wednesday. And it was an absolute nightmare without him available in that game. And, you know, he, he's been a really big part of their defense so far. So I'm glad I'm not totally off base. If I'm the Pacers, I probably want a little bit more for Demonis Sabonis, considering he's been like their franchise player for many years. And that probably feels like a bit of a lukewarm return coming back. But I'm glad I'm kind of in the ballpark. Let's do this one instead. Uh, instead of the sort of Drogic plus Ballast type return, Sabonis with the returning sort of central piece being Gary Trent Jr. You throw in, I think you can throw in Malachi Flynn or you can throw in Precious Achua. That makes the money work. You could also throw in a couple of the lower salaries, I suppose, in the Raptors, an Isak Bonga or an Asfima Hailuk or something like that to make the money work. But Gary Trent Jr., extra salary filler plus two firsts or something like that. Is that something the Pacers might have more interest in, or are they also like a little loaded with guards with Lavert and Brogdon already making a ton of money for them? The biggest reason I'm lower on that one, despite the value not being super different, is a lot of the reporting and the logic about building a team is they're they're doing a lot of this with Chris Duarte in mind because he's already mm-hmm. very good and awesome. And sure. Gary Trent, Gary Trent's also good. Like I don't want to say Gary Trent is not good, but his skills are scoring a lot and not passing a lot for a guard. And that makes it a lot harder for Chris <laughs> Duarte. You know, that makes it a lot harder for Duarte to get his reps in and improve sure. as he gets older and better. So not that they would be like a bad fit together by any means. Like Duarte already plays with Levert and Brogdon who have the ball. But I think if you're making a trade with the goal of improving your team long-term, you wouldn't want to get someone else back who also sure. does that. So not, not that that value is necessarily wrong. I just don't think that's something the Pacers would consider under the guise of what they're trying to do with these moves. So then my next one won't work either. I was just going to suggest Trent for Turner straight up. Uh, I, I would say no, regardless of, of situation <laughs> there. But I like the I like the I like the effort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think you know the, the Turner. Let's let's flip our attention to Turner here. I think we've kind of established what the potential value could be. And you're right; it's tricky to make deals here with the Raptors because, like. I don't think Sabonis or Turner are of the level where they'd be comfortable giving up one of Siakam, Van Vliet, and Anobi. Uh, and obviously not Scotty Barnes. Like, yeah. those are the... <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, hey, maybe they could talk themselves into, like, an OG for Sabonis f- swap if they, you know, feel like that's something that, that could help sort of balance out their roster a little bit. I think you're kind of taking away from one strength to then, you know, create a hole somewhere in that, where that strength was, if you're doing that. Um, and, and I, you know, I know there's certain Raptors fans out there. Hi, Emma Brown, uh, who would not be happy to see me suggest OG for Sabonis. And so I won't <laughs> do that. Um, but yeah, I think with Turner, I mean, is it just like a lesser version of that Drogic package? Like, is it like one first round pick plus the Flinichua thing? Like, is that kind of, and I guess it's a little bit less money. Um, and so maybe it's a different sort of returning salary coming back the Raptors way. Maybe it's uh, a Justin Holiday or something like that. But is that of any interest to the Pacers, do you think? Like a lesser version of that big return, Drogic plus young stuff and picks in exchange for Turner. Yeah, that would, make, that would make sense to me. His value is so fascinating to think about because in my mm-hmm. head, like uh, like a late lotto pick and a young dude and and whatever the money is, like that seems about right, especially because he only has a year and a half left on his deal. 
But every mm-hmm. time I'm on the internet, every single time I'm on the internet, I, I see someone who covers, I think, every single team in the league say something to the effect of, wow, Miles Turner would be a pretty good fit on our team. It's like yep. if every team is offering <laughs> stuff for him, does like, is his price a lot higher than I think? Is there some sort mm-hmm. of more thing going on here? Like, and maybe I'm just crazy because social media is not the actual NBA, obviously, but it, it, it you just get the sense that given his skill set would fit, like even on teams that already have centers, his skill set fits in a way yeah. like he's been doing his whole career. So I have a lot of trouble pinpointing his value. I don't think, you know, if whatever precious Malachi lotto protected first money, like that's, that's close, I think, but I don't know again where the Pacers would like to go with that kind of stuff. But that value sounds right in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing with Turner is, like, I know I said Sabonis is, like, the better fit. That's more of, like, a team-building sort of thought. If you're making this swing as the Raptors, I think you'd want to get the better player because you're probably not going to have that many swings right. if you're throwing out a bunch of picks. Like, you're going to be sapping your asset pool, and you want to make sure you're getting the best guy you can if you're going to make that swing. And ultimately, it's why I don't think they're going to be kind of involved in this at all because I don't think either of those guys kind of move the needle enough to really justify making that one big swing they're lining up for. I mean, it's not Carl Anthony Towns or anything like that, as good as Sabonis is. And so I, I think it will have to be sort of like a buy-low situation in a way where it, maybe it, it's per- perceived as like a buy-low from the Raptors side of things because you're not giving up a lot of like tangible real-life assets right now. Um, you know, and maybe it's exactly what the Pacers want. But I, I think it's just... It's tricky because you're right. Turner fits everywhere. Turner brings like what the Raptors have missed from Serge Ibaka for two seasons, which is, oh, he takes threes, he blocks shots, he you know can, can sort of finish plays for you. Like That's a wonderful player to have, especially with the guys the Raptors do have. And, you know, Scotty Barnes, is he a 40% three-point shooter? The last week or so says yes, but probably not. Pascal Siakam, we know that he needs space in the lane to operate, and having Turner space out might be a really effective way to maximize Pascal Siakam. But again, I, I think it's tricky to talk yourself if there is a bidding war into paying a ton and like over premium for Miles Turner and making that your swing. Because there, if, if there is a bidding war and it's an extra extra first and a pick swap or something that gets thrown in because X team and Y team are throwing in a big offer, then I think you're kind of really kind of setting yourself up to, as the Raptors to lock yourself into a core that is not really going to win by the time Miles Turner's contract comes to an end. So um yeah it's tricky stuff and uh, i do not envy you trying to figure all this out because i'm sure you're just like fielding offers from fake internet people and people like myself left right and center uh but tony want to thank you so much for popping on to at least indulge these fake trades even if despite the positional fit they might not make a ton of sense where the raptors are uh any parting shots here before we get out of here uh, no, I just no interest in Karen Slavert in Toronto. No, I didn't. <laughs> the, the fit the, to, 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 before you say anything, I don't think the fit is that great. It's not bad. Yeah. He's kind of he, like he's good. He can score. I think he fits kind of anywhere if you can put the ball in the basket, but not necessarily a guy that I can see being like, oh, perfect. We got Karen Slavert next to Van Vliet and Pascal and Scotty now. Like, I think he's good, but no interest, I would assume. I think if Karis LeVert were a 38% three-point shooter, then yeah. But if Karis LeVert were a 38% three-point shooter, then you're probably not looking to trade him if you're the Pacers, right? (laughs) So that, yeah, I think... Three-point percentage does end in eight. That's true. (laughs) I just, yeah, it's tricky because, like, I would assume the return there is probably something like Gary Trent. And at that point... Wow, really? 
I don't know. I guess I don't know how good I, Karis LeVert feels like a guy who like everyone agreed was amazing even before he was good. And then now that he's like kind of okay, everyone thinks he stinks. I don't really know uh, how to evaluate <laughs> That is very Karis well LeVert. said. Yeah. That is, the, so, that is the best description of him I've ever heard, including of people <laughs> who cover the Pacers. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, maybe it's not Gary Trent Jr. Maybe it's like a mix of like a Kem Birch and a Chris Boucher plus some stuff or a Malachi Flynn and a Chris Boucher and some stuff plus you have to fill in the salary filler and all that too but you know i look if karis lavert were the sixth man for the raptors maybe but again the lack of shooting there was already so many spots where they don't have enough shooting that i don't know if his like playmaking would move the needle enough and balance out where they would be missing shooting when he's on the floor so uh that feels like a good place to leave this one if there's any other pacers you feel like firing over to the raptors uh you know a healthy tj warren perhaps that'd be all right other than that as, as I mentioned, there's 9,000 players on this team. None of them are particularly interesting to me at the moment outside of Sabonis and Turner. Uh, but, Tony, thanks for being on here, man. This was awesome. As always, uh, anything that people should know about you in terms of plugs and stuff you got cooking? Yeah, check out Locked on Pacers this week. Normally, I cover lots of games in great detail because <laughs> basketball is games. But this week has been a lot about not games. So if you want to catch up on all the reports going on with the Pacers, what they've been saying about it, what's next for them, been breaking all that down on the Lockdown Pacers podcast, and I'm on Twitter at T East NBA, yelling my sweet thoughts of nothing into the void. You also do a wonderful job when you uh, co-host Lockdown NBA as well. You were on there with Matt Moore yesterday, uh, everyone's favorite Raptors fan friend. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Matt Moore, love Matt Moore. He's got this weird thing where he's like angry that Raptors fans aren't mad this year. It's bizarre. Uh, <laughs> please talk to him about it next time you're on with him, and tell him it's fine to be okay with a team that's just okay. Anyway, that uh, we'll wrap that up. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen, Locked On Bets, as uh, your boy Q and Lee Sterling are covering uh, all of the betting action that you need going into the football weekend and all that stuff. Uh, much appreciated, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you again on Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.